Welcome to The Mental Mile. I'm Charisty. And I'm Christy. And we're moms, friends, and therapists. All right, uh, Christy, I'm so excited to be back with you today. Um, today, we're going to be talking about um, the, how the podcast has gotten started during the pandemic and um, some, some about our creative process. Yes, absolutely. So we're just getting this podcast started where we cover parenthood, wellness, and career. But when we were talking about different episode ideas and what we wanted to cover, we thought it would make sense to back up a little bit and talk a little bit about why it's starting now. Um, It's no coincidence that it started during the pandemic, I think. Right. Um, So what? I think we both wanted to start a podcast um, at some point. I know I I'd had it in the back of my mind for a long time. And I'm kind of one of those people that's like always coming up with project ideas and then um, just throwing, you know, like myself at a whole bunch of them and seeing what sticks. But for some reason, um, doing a podcast was one of those things where I was like, I just like if I'm going to do it, I need to do it right. And um, so once you and I kind of came together, which we talked about in the last episode a bit, um, and decided that, you know, we would be well matched to do a podcast together, um, then I really started taking it seriously. I feel like I'm approaching it a little bit differently than I do some of my other projects where I'm being really intentional. Oh, okay. That's interesting that it feels a little bit different. That's interesting. Yeah, I think for me, it was something a friend and I had talked about maybe two years ago. And when she said it, it was an interesting idea, but it had no- it was nothing I'd ever thought about. And when we started talking about it again, I just felt ready to take on something new. And I was thinking a lot of my Instagram account at Parent Self Care and my blog at ParentSelfCare.com is all about creating right now. It all started in March, right before we went into lockdown in California. And I think in this time of everything being so uncertain, it's been really important for me to create new things, to feel connected to people. Um, And that's really helped me. And I was just reflecting today when I was getting ready to come over that this recording this with you is self-care. I get time to talk to an adult. I get time to talk to a friend. Um, and have some time just for me where I'm really intentional around carving that out and doing something that connects me to that identity of what I do for work, which I love a lot. Um, and so that's been really helpful for me right now. Right. I I really like that you're touching on, um, two things that are also important to me, which is, you know, it's a creative outlet. Um, I've been so inspired by your Instagram and blog and just how creative you are, but also like, you, you just have so much knowledge and you're putting it out there in such like digestible ways. It's like, I can just see all the people that comment on your stuff, at, at how much it resonates with them. And so it's super exciting for me to be collaborating with you because your inspiration is just, you know, it's so palpable. Um, but for me too, you know, like I feel really excited to be pursuing something that feels creative to me. And, um, and then the piece about, you know, parenthood and kind of getting a break, you know, we're both moms with um, young kids um the oldest one being seven the youngest one being two between the two of us yep and so yeah finding time to like talk to someone without a gazillion interruptions you know that's just um a real gift yes and I think when we were chatting you know leading up to this um 
you know, second episode, we've been having weekly Zoom calls. And I just found myself looking forward to those as well, just to have a time to think about a work project, something creative to connect with you. Um, And I was reflecting during those Zoom calls, Chirsty, this is going to be so much better when we can actually meet in person um, when that's safe to do, because that will be uh, another level of self-care and just connection. Um, I'm doing my best with all this virtual connection. And I have a few close friends that are nearby that we see outside and we get takeout. Um, But that's the thing that I really miss the most during this time is just freedom you know, to be with my friends, to go on a walk, uh, to go out to dinner. Um, So just thinking about the fact that we'll actually get to record this in person at some point was very exciting. Right. That is really exciting. And, and it is really amazing how creative people have gotten at like staying connected with each other, even though I think everybody agrees, we all miss, you know, like that in-person experience, in-person contact, but just the creativity that people have in, in, um, you know, finding ways to get together with their friends. And for us, you know, this is it. Like, this is so cool that we're using this platform for connecting with each other. Yeah. And I think another piece that I really noticed, um, and I think it's because, you know, my youngest just turned three. So I've got a three and a six year old um, that I've got a little bit more space because I'm a little bit more removed from that really intense, you know, newborn stage to have some of that intellectual self-care and learn new things and be excited about that because I have space for it. So even, you know, Um, fumbling our way through figuring out microphones and if we're going to record on Google Meet or use an app, all of that is exciting to figure out new things and to, you know, have new skills right now. Um, I think that's helping me too. Yes, it it has been really cool. I I really like that we kind of took this approach where we're like, we're going to meet once a week. This was in the planning stage and just tackle different topics or tackle excuse me, tackle different aspects of how we're going to create the podcast. And, you know, so it starts out, you know, like what's going to be the name. And we put out, you know, like a, a survey on, on your Instagram to see what people like. Um, and, you know, how long will the episode be? How, how often? And so then we start researching and um, yeah, so that was really cool to kind of get our um, intellectual um, needs met that way. It's definitely learning a new skill, you know, and there's a big learning curve. So, yeah. Yeah. And I know that you were like particularly excited about like the cover art. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I had to pace myself during all of our meetings not to only talk about the cover art. And I think it's not a surprise that that piece is well taken care of. And I said for our first couple of recordings, Charity, let's just record without knowing what our music is because that part is less interesting to me. Uh, but yeah. Charity has this friend that is um, a graphic designer and artist and she illustrated Charity's book. Um, and I just loved the look of your book and it's running for mental health, right? That's yes. Yes, running for mental health, a how-to guide. Thank you for plugging it. Everybody go yes. get it. <laughs> but it's so beautiful. And I think, you know, the reason I was really drawn to Instagram versus, you know, a Pinterest or Twitter, or I don't really know what other people are using, is because it's all about providing information in a way that's visually interesting. So you talked about how I have so much knowledge, but really what I'm doing is sharing knowledge from people that I love or books that I've read and trying to repackage it in a way that's visually interesting. Um, So I just loved the look of your book and the look of her art. And her name is Emily. What is her name? Emily Dolan. 
And, um, and she's on Instagram as well. And I started following her from you, but I was so excited to work with her and I've never worked with a graphic designer before. And I was just blown away by how little information we gave her. And she created something that we both loved. Yes, she is amazing. Everyone go follow her. Um, I think her handle is Emily Doliner Art. Um, something like that, you'll find it. And she, yeah, her process is really cool. You know, I've worked with her on a few different projects. You know, she had created for me at one time my logo for my my business. Um, she's created this, uh, the book images for me, which is just gorgeous. It makes the, it just makes the book like feel so professional, so complete. Um, it's sometimes I just thumb through the book and look at the pictures, <laughs> you know, it's like, right. it's just really like well done. It's really beautiful. And um, she just has like a really great instinct for like choosing, you know, color schemes and, and like her actual, um, you know, aesthetic is really appealing. Um, so yeah, we gave her like such little information. Um, and then she kind of threw back like some, some things for us to comment on. We commented on them and then she produced something that is so gorgeous. <laughs> yes. And we both loved um, one image in particular. So there was no, it was the most seamless and in sync process around picking that. And that was the part that I was going to be the most particular about because, um, because the visual piece is so important to me and I just have so much fun with it, but it was a really, really fun process to go through. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It was cool. I really liked that, you know, she came up with a couple concepts and I would have been happy with either one of them, but we def definitely both agreed that the one we went with, it was the right choice. So absolutely beautiful. Um, yeah. Um, so uh, one of the things we were also going to talk about today was just like how have we been coping and feeling during the pandemic? Um, I know like we're, we're pursuing um, the podcast during the pandemic has a particular sort of appeal for us. Um, but just in general, how have you been coping? Yeah, absolutely. So I think um, it's ups and downs and I in the beginning for me, I don't know about you, but it felt like it was a little bit of living in a dream state because a lot had changed, but a lot hadn't changed. Right. So I was just home with my family. Um, and, you know, we would go on neighborhood walks or, you know, go scooting or things like that. And it didn't seem all that different, but it also wasn't my normal life. Right. So I was getting on zoom calls for work. I was finishing out the school year. Um, and then you're not getting out as much. And so then sometimes I would think, okay, I'm in a routine. This is all right. And then other times I think this really sucks. I miss my friends. Um, I want everyone to be safe and healthy. And I know a big thing for me, I do have family that lives nearby. So really deciding as a family, our risk tolerance and can our kids see their grandparents and can they hug their grandparents and all of those questions and just having a lot of you know, fatigue as a parent trying to decide what kind of risk is okay for my kids. Um, so yeah, definitely these ups of, I don't think my blog, my Instagram or this would have happened without the pandemic because I wouldn't have had such an intense need to create and sort of escape and find that creative flow state. Um, but also just really missing you know, my former life of working in person at a school, missing seeing the students, seeing their faces, missing seeing my friends, really missing having a babysitter to come over so I can get out for a date night. Um, yeah, so it's definitely just been up and down. And the longer it's gone on, it really is feeling more normal. I don't have 
I don't feel as much that it's a dream state anymore. It's been going on for a long time now. I think five and a half months, something like that. So, but still having my ups and downs with it. Yeah. What about you? Yeah. Um, Yes. Very similar. Yeah. I think when, uh, when it all first started the first few weeks, I felt like really depressed. Like um, my daughter, you know, she's, um, she was in first grade. So it's like, she had to transfer all onto online um, classes. And that was kind of the thing that was like, um, that was like the anchor in everybody's day, you know, (laughs) the thing that was keeping us all on track. And aside from that, like, all I wanted to do was just kind of like, sit and look at pretty pictures <laughs> because yeah. I was like I was like uh, I don't know what to do it's it felt scary to go outside and um, you know so my, my private practice as a therapist um, involves running and I meet all of my clients and we either run or walk and so I literally the first week I, I emailed all my clients and said um, you know what we're gonna have to move to zoom it's not safe to meet in person and, um, and I understand, like, if that doesn't work for you, you know, and, and, and um, so just making that big shift. But then even personally, I was like, uh, I'm scared to go outside. <laughs> right. It was maybe a little bit unrealistic, but I did, you know, like get out and go for my runs. Um, and but the whole time I was running so fast, because I was like, just scared to even see another person. And at some point, I was like, I was like, you know what? This is unrealistic. I ne- I can be outside and take precautions and 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 then my running really just helped me kind of refine my normal. Um, after a few weeks of just getting out every day, running um, and finding things like podcasts and books and things that I was, could listen to or even discovering new music, I just started to feel a little bit better. So yeah, at some point um, things started to shift because you know my kids are were into their routine, um, which was really grounded in my daughter's like um, daily uh, first grade in you know online learning, and um, the weekends would come around and it, it, this was kind of like when I sh- when it shifted for me because I was like um, we were having a great time hanging out in our backyard. And we're like, we don't have any birthday parties to go to. We don't have any plans for anybody to come over. You know, like we can just be in each other's presence and enjoy each other's company. And this can be really nice and relaxing. And and so as I shifted from this place of like fear and depression, um, you know, the routines that we put into place, both with school and with running and then just the the backyard routine of like hanging out as a family, I started feeling like, oh, I could do this for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess yeah. everyone was feeling actually pretty good. And um, I think I even started seeing things um, online about, um, you know, people who also were like doing well. And but then it comes in waves, you know, where it's like, oh, no, this is all like going on for so long. Like you, I miss like having the babysitter being able to come over date nights, things like that. So definitely I've hit like highs and lows. Um I felt inspired to like start on projects that I had like been putting off inspired to start this project of doing a podcast. Um, but at the same time, you know, like the school year is going to be starting again in a couple of weeks. And I like have a whole bunch of anxiety about what's it going to look like for, um, for everything to be online, not just for my daughter, but now for my son who will be starting school. So it comes in waves. Absolutely. And I think, you know, I'll research this person. I think her name's Lindsay and she's a therapist in 
Seattle and we'll put it in the show notes, but she had a graph that she created because while we all talk about these are unprecedented times, they're actually not. They're just times we haven't lived through, right? But there have been pandemics before. And there is information out there about the process and the cycle that we go through. And I think she talks about that honeymoon stage, um, which I had as well, right? And when you have young kids, the birthday party circuit, you have to be very intentional about because um, that's the stage where everybody's getting invited to everything, which is so lovely, but also your weekends and family time can become consumed by that rather quickly. Um, so just not to have plans and just to slow down. And I think I saw a lot of that on social media reflected as well. And then that sort of roller coaster that she talks about of different waves and phases. And I think we've definitely experienced that as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, everything I read, it's like um, about other people's experiences. I feel like we're all, like the whole world is kind of going through this. Ex- of course, they are. It's a pandemic. We're all going through this shared experience. But but it's like a lot of people are sharing those waves of like, oh, no, a big wave of fear at the beginning followed like this big wave of relief of like, OK, I can handle this. And then followed by another big wave of fear and and, and just kind of on and on. And um, but, yeah, people are coping. I've been so inspired by how people um, are really just running with, with, you know, what has been presented to them. Something I right. um, mentioned to another therapist recently was, because some people have asked me, you know, like, how did you go from not having an, from having an office to not having an office? Because a lot of people are going through that now. And now that I'm going from like meeting people outside to meeting people on a computer, um, mm-hmm. I was reflecting on this and I was just like, you know, what? every time you change, um, like the something about the environment. Um, And of course, this is in regards to therapy, but I think it applies to life in general, you experience it in a new way. And that is really a blessing to be able to experience things in new ways. It's, it's good to change things up sometimes because you see things from um, a new perspective. Absolutely. And I know, I think we've chatted a little bit offline about this, but it does feel, you know, important just to talk about the social movement and social unrest that's going on right now. Um, and Black Lives Matter is not new by any means, but I think it's become so much more widely embraced and um, by not just the Black community, but by, you know, white or white passing people. And I think also that's no surprise that that's coming out right now as well, because people are home, they're thinking about their values, they're um, reevaluating their priorities. And in a way, that's been an, you know, unexpected result of this is that, you know, people with minority voices are being heard more. And I think that's really powerful as well. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think people really have been kind of forced into a situation of evaluating what are their values and I think that that is like in an exercise that all people should you know put upon themselves sometimes and it I it's evaluating right now that you know rights of of people who are not um, being treated fairly or equally or are being harmed by um, by the what society has put in place like we're all like we're all coming together on this I think that's really wonderful absolutely and I think for me just talking with my friends I think 
it has been that universal experience that we talked about of really thinking about where they want to put their energy, um, what their priorities are, and just a time of reflection for a lot of us. Have you noticed that as well with your community? Yes. Yeah. I, you know, I've reached out to, um, you know, lots of family members, lots of friends. Um, I think it's actually, it's so much on everybody's mind that I, you don't even have to bring it up. It just comes up and mm-hmm. um, everybody's reflecting on it. And, um, you know, the people that I'm close to, I, I feel like we've all kind of evaluated, you know, like, what does it mean f- for us, you know, to like be people of privilege and is there something we need to change about what we're doing um, so that everybody can have, um, you know, an equal opportunity? Um, so, yeah, it's, it's on everybody's mind. And it's, um, it's been really lovely to see people coming together over humanity. Yeah. And I know you've talked a lot about um, just running and how that's grounding for you. Um, are there other sort of grounding practices that are helping you during this time? Because like we talked about, there's so many ups and downs right now. Yeah. I mean, the thing about having a running routine is that it, it does provide you with that sense every day that you go out and I, you know, I run um, usually four to five times a week. I do take a couple of days off, but um, every time I go out, I'm in touch with like my body mind connection and um and, you know, every day is a little bit different because sometimes I'll go out and I'll have like a, a thought in my mind that I want to ponder on. Other days I'm like, I need an escape or some days mm-hmm. you know, there's something that has caught my attention that I want to learn about. So I'll like take a podcast with me or something. But having that routine that not just um, helps wake up my brain, but also relaxes my body because after you run, your body feels awake, but relaxed. Mm-hmm. And, um that in itself is like so calming, but then to have the headspace to be able to just um, work through whatever issues are on your mind that day or whatever topic is like, you know, flooding you from um, what's going on um, in the world, um, you can you can really take it on. So absolutely, it's grounding. And I have lots of, um, I, I include a lot of meditation in my running and um, I try to be I tried to include what I haven't been doing it over the summer, but I had been doing um, meditation with my kids every morning before school. We would do a little bit of yoga and then we would do meditation and then we would do I would have um, a question that would encourage them to come up with some sort of affirmation. And then we would end with a group hug and then I would send them off. Yeah. And I would say that was really grounding for all my kids. They, they really resisted like doing the yoga most days. <laughs> really? Okay. <laughs> but, but the parts where I was having them um, answer questions where it's like, you know, what's something that you appreciate about someone else in the room? What's something you appreciate about yourself? And then us coming together for a group hug. Oh my gosh, my kids just love that. They just ate it up. And it really did, uh, really does change the flow of the day. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That is so sweet. I remember, so it's interesting. I was thinking of a few things when you were chatting. One is um, you've done such wonderful work around incorporating running with mindfulness. And that's part of why I wanted to partner with you because formerly I did a lot of eating disorder work as a therapist. And I just love your approach towards running for mental health, right? It's not about diet culture or losing weight from having a baby. It is absolutely about the mental benefits. And um, 
it reminds me, you know, when we were at Santa Clara studying to become therapists, um, Dr. Shauna Shapiro is a professor there and she's a mindfulness expert and just wrote this book called Good Morning, I Love You. And I just love that book. But she would always talk about that as the beauty of mindfulness is feeling relaxed, but alert. And so it was really neat to hear you describe that physical way that you're able to get into that through running. And I, I don't run a lot, but that makes sense. And I absolutely have had that experience before. Yes. Um, yeah, I'm glad you brought up Shauna Shapiro because um, the first time I actually noticed you, um, I, it might have been the first class we had together, but it was in her class. And um, I just, it, I, and I recently listened to her book, Good Morning, I Love You. Oh, and awesome. I totally recommend listening to her book if you have had her as a professor before, <laughs> because it's yep. like sitting in one of her classes. And yes. it, uh, it flooded me with so many good memories. But, you know, it's interesting that you um, brought up, you know, the, the relaxed um, awareness in regards to her, because I remember sitting in her class and, you know, she was always every class we were meditating and um, and then we were asked to reflect on it. And we were expected to have like a practice of mindfulness and meditation outside of class and reflect on it. And um I remember writing um, in one of my reflections, like everything you're teaching here is what I do when I run. I'm not, I'm maybe not mm. sitting when I'm doing it, but I'm doing it when I run. And that was maybe the first awareness I had that like, this was like, what I'm doing is therapeutic. Right. And that's why maybe you're drawn to it as such a grounding part of your life and regular but, part of your life. Right. Yeah. 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 So it's great. Um, yeah. And people should go read her book is uh, that's actually been a really great book to um, have during the pandemic, because it is like a guide for like how how to live well, <laughs> you know, absolutely so really um, um, strategies that anyone can really try. Yeah. And I love it too, because as busy parents, um, you can pick it up on whatever chapter you want. So she has practices that cultivate joy, mindfulness, self-compassion. So you can just flip to that part of the book and pick a practice and you don't have to sit down and read something. Um, and then in terms of her audiobook, it's funny that you mentioned that because she gave us a CD. I mean, this is, we're dating ourselves with right. a recording <laughs> of her doing a body scan meditation and then, um, a regular meditation. I don't know if it was loving kindness or not, but that was my first experience with meditation. And so when all these apps came out, I thought, well, this, this isn't Shauna's voice. I don't know about this. So you really get used to those things that you hear. So I can see why um, hearing her audiobook would bring back all those times that we meditated with her. Oh my gosh. And you know, even some of the stories she shares in the book, I'm like, I know this story already. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And I remembered it. I mean, think about yeah. that because there's a lot of classes where you don't remember um, the stories people told or they, they don't impact you in the same way. So, yeah. 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 It's really good. Well, I think we wanted to, you know, again, close today and talk about, you know, something that we've been loving recently. And we thought today we'd each share about a book that we've loved recently. Is there something you are reading or finished recently that you wanted to talk about? I just finished a really great book. Um, but I will just say I am, I always have two or three, sometimes four books that I'm working on at a time, <laughs> mm -hmm, <laughs> yeah, mm -hmm. which is kind of insane, but it's like, I'll read from one and listen to another. I do audible a lot. Um, 
And I'm just kind of like always going, I always have something fun. I always have something that's like more for like personal development and something that's like related to my work. So, um, but the book that I just finished, which really caught my attention um, is called Too Much and Never Enough, How My Family Created the World's Most Dangerous Man. And it's by Mary Trump, the niece of Donald Trump. Oh, I just saw her interview. Yes. But I haven't read it. Okay. I highly recommend it. She is a psychologist. And um, so I, I, first of all, I will say memoirs is my favorite genre. I love memoirs. And this has like a memoir feel to it, but it's like a memoir, not just of her experience, but like of their family. And Mm -hmm. it appeals to me as a therapist so much because she basically describes throughout the book how theory of mind for this particular person and the family developed and uh, so it was very enlightening I thought it was great um, all politics aside yeah absolutely I just saw her interview so that's interesting um, yeah. what about you yeah I think yeah same as you I always have like three or four books I'm reading at a time and it's one of my um one of the things that I do for self-care is that I leave books all around the house in different rooms so that when a beautiful moment of independent simultaneous play happens, I can just pick something up and read it. So my house is a little bit more cluttered because of it, but I do like that. And one I finished recently um, a few months ago that I really loved and I've um, some friends have read it too and we all really enjoyed it was Such a Fun Age by Kylie Reed. Oh, and it's so... Yeah, go ahead. I'm I'm excited to read that one. Yeah, I think it's so interesting for us as mothers because it talks about the relationship between the babysitter and the family that they care for and the dynamic between the parents and the caretaker of the kids and what happens when you're hiring help. Um, The book's set in Philadelphia, and there's also the race element of it as well because the babysitter is Black and the family is white and privileged. Um, And they talk about the difference between a nanny and a babysitter. So a big thing for the main character in the story is that she wants to, she enjoys her job and she loves caretaking, but she needs, you know, benefits and health insurance. And so it touches on all these really important issues, but in a very just like interesting novel. Um, And I think it was a page turner. It was easy to read, but it also got you thinking. Um, And I think it can really connect with parents because whether, you know, some parents are, you know, stay at home parents, but if you have any sort of daycare or babysitter or nanny that comes into your life, um, there is so much to that relationship. And so I just really enjoyed that book. Yeah. Oh, I'm excited to read it because it, that's one of those books that like I have on my like to read list. <laughs> yes. And um, and, you know, I, I actually didn't know that much about it. Um, so it's interesting to hear you talk about it. But um, you are touching on things that I have thought so much about because with um, young children, you know, you have to bring people into your home to help sometimes. And um, and, you know, some some of my friends have hired au pairs. Um, some people yes. have nannies, some, you know, some people don't, uh, some people just have babysitters. And then I have friends who had never had a babysitter in their life, watch their kids, or some people rely on family members and um, how people make those choices, both um, out of like what their values are. And then also necessity, I think is interesting, yes. but then to think yeah. about how it's affecting, you know, the person, their well-being, and, you know, how they can provide for themselves. Like, I think that's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So I love that, that book. Um, Well, I think we're, 
you know, we should probably get ready to wrap up. When we first started this, we thought we want to keep our episodes short and digestible for those busy parents out there. Right. Less than 30 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, thanks so much, Christy. And um, everybody go subscribe. Tune in next time. Um, We're every other week um, for 10 episodes. Um, Be well, everybody. Be well. Thank you. Thank you.